0: Welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Connecting you with trendsetters who are leading innovation in public safety and expert advice on growing your own post-law enforcement business. And now, your host, Adam Wills. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Today, I want to talk to all of my fellow copreneurs out there. That's right. You law enforcement business owners. Today, I want to talk to you about your business website. Ooh, I know the dreaded conversation, right? Most people I talk to are not proud of their website, or at least not hundred percent proud of their website. And so as a website agency owner, where we design and develop awesome, high converting websites for our customers. One of the things that we do is give away free website audits. And so I see a lot of websites and I give a lot of feedback on websites. And of course, typically I find a lot of the same things over and over and over again that are holding people back. And so I put together a top 10 list that I want to give you today, the 10 things on your website that are killing your conversions. And we're going to go over that list today. And so that way you will have an actionable list of things that you can do today to correct some common mistakes on your website that are hurting your conversions and obviously your opportunities for sales. Now, before we do that, I actually want to do something I haven't done yet on the show. And I kind of feel like I should. Have before now, and that is to recognize just some of the reviews that that you awesome followers have submitted uh, for the show. And this is something I need to continue to do going forward. So if you submit your review for the show either on Apple Podcasts or wherever you prefer to listen to the show, I will read your review on the next episode. And if you please put your name in the actual review when you type it out, because otherwise all I get is a username and sometimes that doesn't actually give appropriate credit. And I wanna be able to name you on the air and thank you personally for your awesome review. So we've got a few reviews I'd like to read for you here. Uh, the first one is from Cornfed Ed. And Cornfed Ed gives the show five stars. And he says, Great show host, and I learned a lot while listening. I was entertained while at the same time got very valid information. I definitely recommend listening. Thank you, Cornfed Ed. I really appreciate that kind review. Uh, the next one here, is, it says, professional in every sense. Adam's background in law enforcement has made him an excellent conversationalist. He immediately builds rapport with his guests and they share their valuable experience with the audience. I recommend this show to anyone who is contemplating their life after law enforcement or interested in learning about the intersection between the public and private sectors. That review comes from Atlian for real. Thank you for that awesome five-star review very kind words at for real. I appreciate it. And the last one here that I want to read today uh, says awesome content. This is a great podcast for tips and info on business, especially if you're in public safety. Adam is a public safety professional, so he knows what he's talking about and is very authentic. I eagerly await each episode. Keep up the great work, Adam. And this is a five-star review from Shorescan. Now I happen to know who that is. That is my boy, Mark Baxter, who is part of the, the, Leo to CEO community. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate your kind words. And of course, the five-star review. So please, um, if you're listening to the show and you're like, yeah, you know what? I agree with these guys and it is a great show. I would like to ask you, please go to psi.chat.com forward slash review, and you too can leave a review for the Public Safety Innovators podcast. Obviously, those those reviews help other people find the show. That's the way the algorithms work. The more reviews we get, the more people the podcast directories put the show in front of. So please help us grow the audience and leave a review. All right. With that, let's go ahead and dive in to the top things on your website that are killing your conversions. So, like I said, I've got a top 10 list here and I actually wanna work through these backwards. So, we are gonna start at number 10 and we are gonna work our way back to number one of what I believe is the top thing that is killing your conversions on your website. Now, of course, these things are based on my opinion, and I could even look at this list and maybe move some of these things around. Uh, You could probably articulate reason for doing that as well, but I'm the host of this show, and I get to decide what order these go in, and so this is the list that I've put together for you guys, uh, and we're going to start right now with number 10. Number 10 is no SSL certificate. So if you don't know what an SSL certificate is, an SSL certificate is that lock icon that appears in the web browser in the top left next to your website's URL. And if you don't have an SSL certificate, then what Google does anymore, and most of the web browsers in fact do, but let's just kind of be honest with you guys, Google runs the internet. The the others just aren't really relevant. So we're just going to talk about Google here today like it is the Internet, Uh, regardless of how you feel about that. It's the reality. So Google displays an error message in the top left corner. If you don't have an SSL certificate that is valid for your website. And in many cases now, actually, they are doing what's called gating your website. So when somebody goes to your website, even if they don't find it in the search engines, but they type in the URL directly to go to your website, oftentimes what they will see now is a a page that actually says this website is not secure and it doesn't let them actually proceed to that website. So your website might not even be seen to people. It might not even be getting there if you don't have a valid and active security certificate on your website. And that that little gate is actually pretty challenging to bypass because you have to click on a little collapsible menu at the bottom of that page in order to actually reveal the option to click forward and continue to that website anyway. And so uh, if you do not have a valid security certificate on your website and somebody goes there, most times they are gonna turn around and go back the other way. They are not gonna proceed to your website. They'll never even get there in the first place. Beyond that, Google uses this as a significant ranking factor for how they index your website on the search rankings. And so if you are trying really hard to get your website indexed and up in the search rankings so that people can find you and find your business, this is a deal killer because Google will ding you. They will remove points, if you will. So the way their algorithm works is is essentially on a point system. And so for all the things that you do right, when their bots crawl your website, you get points. For all the things you do wrong, you lose points. And that will help determine where you land in the search results. Now that's a very simple and distilled explanation of how Google's algorithm actually works. But for the purpose of this conversation, that is what you need to know. And so that is a big, big point reduction if you do not have a security certificate on your site. Now, luckily, this is a really easy, easy fix. If you, are self hosting your website. So maybe you have a WordPress website or, or something, uh, and you have access to your server where you host your website. Most hosting companies will give you a security certificate for free. So it's just a matter of going into your hosting account and addressing this issue and reissuing yourself a, a security certificate for your website. Now, what is a security certificate and what does it do? The The basic explanation of that is that it gives an indication to visitors that your site is secure. It encrypts data that goes back and forth. So when somebody fills out a contact form on your website or uh, makes a purchase, it's an extra measure of confidence for the site visitor to know that the information they're submitting is being encrypted uh, from their computer as it passes across the internet to your server that your website lives on, and it's protecting that data and that information. So a security certificate is of paramount and some importance, and that is number 10 on my list of 10 things on your website that are killing your conversions. Number nine, mobile optimization. Now. This should kind of go without saying. And I think over the last few years, people have become much more aware of this than they were, you know, even two or three years ago, but mobile optimization for your website is extremely important. And, and that is because the number of web browsers, or I should say site visitors, really people browsing the internet, the number of people browsing the internet on mobile devices has grown exponentially over the last several years to the point where now what we are seeing is that mobile traffic actually accounts for, it it accounts for 60% or more of the website traffic to any given website. So... used to be that we would build websites for desktop and laptop users uh, and kind of just address the, the mobile users as an afterthought, but that's really not the case anymore. If you have a website that is not mobile friendly, it's not mobile optimized you are potentially automatically alienating 60% of the traffic that is trying to go to your website. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, that's nuts that anybody has a website anymore that isn't mobile optimized. But listen, guys, you would be amazed at the number of websites I come across, either just in my day-to-day or because people come to me for a website audit. You'd be amazed at the number of websites I come across that are not mobile optimized and they look terrible and you can't you can't hardly read what's on them let alone click the the actual items on them and so mobile optimization is really important anymore in fact about a year ago google actually switched their entire search engine, their entire index to mobile first indexing. And so what that means now is that uh, it used to be that Google would index the desktop version of your website And then the mobile version was kind of an afterthought. And they would say, oh, okay, well, they have a mobile version and we'll still index that. But the the primary index was your desktop version. Well, that is no more. Now, everything is mobile first indexing, which means if you do not have a mobile friendly version of your website, I guarantee you, you are losing search engine optimization juice, SEO juice, as I like to call it. You are having a detrimental impact on your website's rankings on Google. And so I I implore you, and this is one of those things that unfortunately... It is not really an easy fix, okay? It used to be in the early days of, of mobile optimization for websites that what we would do is we would actually kind of build almost two separate websites essentially. So we would build a desktop site and then we would create a mobile-only version of the site. So you, you, some of you that uh, have been around a little while maybe used to see where you'd go to a website and it would say dot and then the website address. And that was an indication that it's actually a separate website on a, a subdomain, is what we call that. And Google really doesn't like to see that anymore. They want to know that your mobile website visitors are getting the same exact experience that your desktop visitors are getting. And If you have a mobile version on a subdomain, they are making the assumption that it is not the same content, that it's not updated as regularly, and that it is not the same experience as what your desktop website visitors are getting. And so make sure that you have a website that is what we call responsive. You want your website to respond to whatever device the person that is visiting your site Is on and so that way it delivers to them the most relevant version of the site in that given moment whether they're on an ios device an android device a tablet a small laptop a large desktop computer there are a gazillion different screen sizes and we want to make sure that we're delivering the 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 best possible experience regardless of the device Now, this is not a easy fix, unfortunately, and so I would encourage you, if you're sitting here going, oh man, he's talking to me and my website is not mobile friendly, I wonder what I can do to fix this quickly. Well, my friend, I'm sorry to break the news to you, but in my humble opinion, your best bet is it's time for a website redesign. Industry standards says that you should be redesigning your website every three years anyhow, and I would argue that if you have a website that is not mobile friendly, it's probably more than three years old. So uh, it is time for you to look at a website redesign if this is you. Okay, let's move on to number eight now. Number eight is unclear content above the fold. Now let me explain what I mean by above the fold here real quick. This is actually a term that comes from the newspaper industry. So above the fold literally means it's the content that you can see on the very front page of the newspaper before you unfold the newspaper. Well, this idea, this concept applies to your website as well. And above the fold content is whatever you can see on the homepage of your website before you start scrolling. Okay. This is the most valuable real estate on your website. And the reason for that is, is because, well, obviously duh, it's the first thing that people see when they come to your website. And so, What I like to encourage people to do is to consider what I call the three-second grunt test. Now, uh, some people would call it a five-second grunt test, or even I've heard some people say a six or a seven-second grunt test. There are studies out there that say that your site visitor will only dwell for an average of three to six or seven seconds before they decide whether they want to look at further information on your website or bounce out and head somewhere else. Now, most recent data and analytics that I've seen put it closer to the three-second mark. And so I believe we need to prepare for the three-second mark. And if we're prepared for the three-second mark, we'll be prepared for the five, six, and seven-second mark. And so the three-second grunt test simply means that a caveman ought to be able to look at your website without scrolling and in three seconds have an understanding of what your website's about. And More specifically, they should be able to respond to these three things. What are you offering? How will it make my life better? And what do I need to do in order to do business with you? A caveman ought to be able to grunt those things out. That's how simple and clear this information needs to be on your website. The unfortunate thing is, is we overcomplicate this. Um, I see it overcomplicated all the time or really just the lack of recognition that uh, we need to be clear in the first place. And so in order to optimize our above the fold content, there's a few things that we need to do. First and foremost, we need to have a logo in the top left corner that is very clear about what we do. Now, sometimes our logos are a little bit abstract and that's okay. You can clarify that by putting a tagline directly underneath your logo. Maybe it says fine woodworking or fine custom cabinetry right so somebody knows immediately oh fine custom cab cabinetry now i want you to envision this with me the average person when they come to your website they scan first of all they don't read and the way our eyes scan the above the fold content is in a z pattern starting at the top left corner of the website moving across to the top right corner then diagonally down to the bottom left corner and horizontally back across to the bottom right so Starting at that logo in the top left, they need to say, "Oh, okay, I understand what this is." And as they move across, they need to see a few other things, such as um, you know your menu and 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 a call to action. And then in the middle section, what we call the hero section of your website, uh, right at the top, you need to have a very very clear statement about what your offer is. And usually, that statement is focused on. What is it that the customer wants? Make it very clear. Find custom cabinetry for the such and such region of Colorado, right? For, you know, find custom cabinetry in Denver, Colorado. Okay. So we have to be very clear, not cute and clever in order to make sure we pass the three second grunt test. So again, the three things that you should be able to answer Picture yourself walking in here for a second with me to a Starbucks, walk into Starbucks with your laptop open to your website, walk up to a perfect stranger, ask them to look at your website and tell them, I want to know if you are getting these three things, what it will offer, how will it make my life better, and what do I need to do in order to do business with you? Give them three seconds to look at it and snap the lid shut. If they can't answer those things, you have failed the three-second grunt test. So go ahead and go check out your website and give this a try. Okay, on to number seven. And this this kind of piggybacks off of number eight, but number seven is a cluttered menu. All right, so if you have a cluttered menu up above the fold. All you're doing is delaying the amount of time that the person has to digest the information that you are placing in front of them in order to pass that three second grunt test. Okay, I don't know where it became commonplace for us to create these massive menus at the top of our websites with a gazillion submenus. All you're doing is creating confusion. You're giving your site visitor other places to go distractions from what you actually have in store for them on the homepage. If you have properly crafted the messaging on your homepage, then you want them to scroll through it. You don't want them to necessarily dive off. And so I recommend trying to keep your menu to uh, no more than three or four items. And those three or four items, they need to be Very important and direct as it relates to what your offer is. They need to be something that is paramount of importance for people to be able to look at in order to, to, to know whether they're ready to do business with you or not. Do not give people an abundance of, of, of choices to be able to just dive off into other parts of your website. The other thing I see all the time that kind of goes right along with this, that just, drives me nuts. Every time I see it is having your social media profiles up there in the same area as your menu. So if you've got links to your Facebook page, your LinkedIn, your Twitter, your Instagram, you know, whatever your YouTube channel. Okay. You are inviting people to dive off and go to those other places. Almost what you're telling people is, hey, guys, there's really nothing to see here on this website. It's not interesting. It's not important. And I didn't really take the time to give you valuable information. So why don't you just go check out what I have on Facebook? Right. Well, you and I both know, especially not just Facebook, but man, for me, it's YouTube. If I dive off into YouTube and I... (laughs) I click that YouTube button and I go to YouTube and I watch one of your videos. The very next thing that happens after I watch your video is YouTube is going to suggest to me a bunch of other videos to watch, and they're not going to be your videos. They're going to be somebody else's videos. Facebook is much the same thing. You go off into Facebook and the next thing you know, you're scrolling like crazy, uh, and you can't get your you can't get out of it. And before you know it, your your website has been long, long forgotten. So. Get rid of those social media uh, buttons in the menu area of your website. Move those and what other menu items you've identified may be less important down into the footer of your website. That is actually a more natural way for people to navigate your website. You want them to scroll through your homepage, and then when they get down to the bottom, you wanna present to them your navigation menu, So that they can see where else they can go to get more information on your website, not to have to scroll back up to the top and then look at the menu, but rather get them to scroll all the way down, give them that option at the bottom. And that could even be your social media channels if you would like. All right, moving on to number six, delivering an inbound message to an outbound visitor. All right, this one requires a little bit of explanation too, because you might be saying to me, I don't understand what you mean by inbound and outbound. So in the marketing world, you have inbound marketing and you have outbound marketing. Inbound marketing is, think of it this way. It's someone who is already problem aware. They already know that they have a problem and they're looking for somebody to solve it. Somehow or another, they came to your website to solve the problem that you solve. So maybe they already knew about your business and they went directly to your website, or maybe they went to Google and they said, uh, best gyms in San Antonio, Texas, okay? And now they're looking at different gyms and they're clicking through the search results and they landed on your website. Well, that's inbound, right? Somebody who's already problem aware. And in the case of uh, using this fitness, this gym, as as an idea here, uh, if you're a gym owner, you know, maybe it's a CrossFit gym or something like that. So if I if I typed in best CrossFit gym in San Antonio uh, and I land on your website, I I already know that I need fitness. I already know that I need a CrossFit gym. More specifically, I've heard friends or, or, or things that tell me that CrossFit is the best way for me to get physically fit. And so I'm looking specifically for CrossFit. Right now, I'm just looking for who's the best one to give me a C- CrossFit workout. Who's the most knowledgeable and experienced, and who's going to work with me in my needs, and wh- where? Who has the best equipment and the cleanest gym, and you know, has the schedule that works for me, right? And so, those are the things that they're trying to figure out. That is an inbound lead. They are problem aware. An outbound lead or an outbound visitor to your website is somebody who is not yet problem aware, or at least they're not fully problem aware. Most of the time, these people are coming to us because of an offer that we have put out. That might be a Facebook ad or or something similar to that. And that offer, this is the analogy I like to use. It's very similar if you've ever been to New York City and you've ever walked down the street in New York City. Somebody has likely jumped out in front of you, ripped open a trench coat and said, want to buy a watch? right? And so it's, this is akin to that exact same thing. This, this is the marketing style for an outbound visitor to your website. It's, we're putting an offer in front of them. So that's a Facebook ad that all of a sudden they come across while they're scrolling and they see an ad that says, get three free workouts at this San Antonio's best CrossFit gym. Okay. So this person wasn't necessarily, they weren't looking for a CrossFit gym and they certainly weren't looking for fitness you you just happened to put this ad in front of them that has now planted the idea in their head about fitness. Okay, the difference here is that this person is not problem aware. And so they not only need to know that you're the best one to solve the problem, but before you even get there, you need to convince them that they have a problem to begin with. Because did you know that, and I'm, I'm making this statistic up by the way, but did you know that, Uh, One out of every 10 people that don't exercise on a routine basis have a 90% greater chance of cardiac arrest before they turn 40. Okay. So I don't know. I just pulled that out of my rear end, but you know, we have to educate the outbound person that they have a problem that needs to be solved in the first place. So an inbound visitor is very different than an outbound visitor. Your homepage should be tailored to an inbound visitor. So if you're running Facebook ads and you are sending those Facebook leads to your homepage, you are giving them the wrong message. You are speaking to them in the wrong way. You are talking to them like they are an inbound lead when in fact they are not. You are trying to convince them that you are the best one to solve their problem when they don't even realize that they have a problem to be solved yet. So if you are a culprit in this, you need to create a separate landing page that is specifically focused on the outbound visitor. And that is where you need to direct that, that outbound traffic to. Okay. Moving on. Number five, a lack of social proof. So social proof is huge guys we see social proof all over the place. Heck, that's part of the reason why I read those reviews off at the beginning of this this episode, right? That's social proof. It's saying, hey, I'm not just some creep on the internet. People actually like me and are interested in what I have to say. In, in your business sense, it's saying, hey, I, I'm not just some filthy, dirty, pretend gym in my uncle's garage, but I'm a legitimate CrossFit gym, and we have a lot of people that come and they get results and, and they like what we have to offer and they, you know, love our gym. It's clean. They, we, they, they love our, our protein shakes that we have at the, the protein shake bar. Right. And so social proof is huge. In fact, people are far more willing to take a risk or a perceived risk in purchasing something if other people are saying that they have already done it and have had success. so. Don't underestimate the importance of social proof on your website. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between reviews and testimonials. So a review is kind of like what you would expect to see on, you know, Google, my business page, right? When you give somebody a five-star review or like what I read off at the top of this episode, a testimonial is a far more in-depth case study, if you will. So what is the difference and how do we use these? Well, everybody needs to have reviews. It doesn't really matter what type of business you have, you should be focused on gaining reviews. Testimonials are are really only important when you have a service-based business that maybe has a higher dollar product. Okay. So at the very least, focus your energy on reviews. Get lots of reviews and display them on your website. Now, there are a gazillion other tools out there. In fact, uh, my web design agency, Story web Creative, we have some um, that we use when we build websites for clients to be able to actually automatically pull all of your reviews from Google My Business and Facebook and Yelp and um, all, the, all the other review sites out there, the Better Business Bureau, and pull those all in and automatically display them on your website. But you need to do that. And I actually suggest if you have enough reviews, you should have a separate reviews page on your website. And that's really more of a strategy for Google. Google likes to see that you have a dedicated page to reviews because the algorithm looks at that and thinks, oh, man, they've got so many happy customers that they needed a dedicated page for it. And the fact that you have a dedicated page for it also sends the message to Google that you as a business owner are dedicated to curating reviews and therefore you are dedicated to making happy customers. And so you actually do get bonus points from Google if you have your own separate reviews page. Okay. Moving on again. Number four, no clear call to action. Man, I cannot. I cannot uh, stress enough the importance of a clear call to action and the call to action here is uh, I like to refer to it as your cash register. Okay, it is the cash register on your website. So I want you to go back to when I was talking about your above the fold content and the way that people scan your above the fold content on your website in a Z pattern. Now, when they get to the top right corner of your homepage, that is where you should have a very clear, very big, very uh, bright and and obvious (laughs) call to action button. And that call to action needs to be very direct. Okay. So before we get into talking about the directness of the call to action, and why that's important, I want to talk to you a little bit about why I call it the cash register. The reason I call it the cash register is because of that placement that I just explained to you in the top right corner. So think about, you know, when you walk into Walmart or Target or, you know, other retail stores like, like those, when you walk in the front door, into the entrance what is the very first thing that you see you see the cash registers well i gotta tell you guys that's not by accident they didn't design the stores that way just because it was convenient or just because that's how uh the architecture just happened right it didn't just fall into place that way right like there was at some point, somebody who put into that, the thought of psychology of buying. And the idea was that they are priming you for the sale for the moment that you walk in the store, right? They're making it clear to you when you walk in the store that things for things in this store are for sale. You have to buy them and we want you to buy them. And this is where you're going to go when you find the thing you like and you want to buy it. Right. So there's psychology there that is very intentional, very purposeful, very focused. They want you to know when you walk in the door that they want you to buy something. It is a business relationship. There is a business transaction to be had and therefore it is a genuine relationship. Okay. Walmart is creating a genuine relationship with you when you walk in the door and they are saying, I want you to buy stuff from us. Okay. You need to do the same thing on your website. If you are not asking for the sale through a direct call to action on your website, you are trying to create a disingenuous relationship. You are not being clear to your site visitors that this is a business. I sell things and I want you to buy them. And this is where you go to do that. So people need to be primed from that moment that this direct call to action, this button, once I've scrolled a little bit and I've been convinced that I wanna buy, this is where I need to go back to in order to buy. It's like going back to the cash register before you leave the store once you find that new flat screen TV. Okay, so next thing is the directness of your call to action. Why does it need to be direct? Well relationships, business, business is like relationships. And it's really like dating relationships. Okay. Ultimately, the goal is we, we want the girl to marry us. Okay. That is the direct call to action here. It's, will you marry me? All right. That is, that is the final outcome that I am looking for is, will you marry me? But How many websites have you looked at? And maybe you're a culprit of this. I've looked at tons that have a direct call to action that actually says something like learn more or get started. Well, that doesn't really say anything. It's not very clear. What does that mean? Okay. I have no idea what happens when I click on that button. It's no different than if you walk up to the girl in the bar and you say, learn more or get started. It's not going to go anywhere, right? Uh, you'll probably still get slapped if you say, will you marry me if you've never met the girl before, but Hey, you know, what? at least she understands what the goal is and, and what you, what you want out of the relationship, right? So our, our direct calls to action have to be that direct. They have to be that direct. If you are not being that direct, you are causing confusion and you were leaving the person wondering what happens when I click this button. Uh, it's too risky. I'm, I'm just not going to bother. Uh, I'll, I'll go check out somebody else's website. All right. Number three, there is no simple plan on your website. People like plans. Especially when you have a high dollar product um, or something that feels like it's overwhelming, right? Going to the gym and getting fit feels overwhelming to people. Even though it might not be expensive, it feels overwhelming. So we need to break it down and we need to give people a plan. We need to give something, give them something to execute on. I recommend that this be a three-step plan. You can make a four if you have to, but there's something about the power of threes. People just understand things in threes. And so we need to give them a three-step plan. So even if your process uh, of working with you is really like nine different steps. You need to figure out a way to distill that down into three. Figure out a way to combine some of those steps, at least for the sake of your marketing material and your your copy on your website. Distill it down to three steps. Right? Book your uh, free strategy session is number one. Number two is get your custom workouts. Number three is show up and conquer the day, right? I mean, uh, that's how simple it needs to be. People need to see, oh, okay. There is a plan for me to get from this side to the other side, even though it feels scary. It's only three steps, just three. I can do that. I can do three steps because they've made it clear to me. This is what it takes. So every website should have a three-step plan. Okay. Number two, you're making it about you instead of your customer this is really important too, guys. The, I see, uh, I see this all the time where people's website, they talk about themselves. They talk about why their business is so great. They talk about why their product is so great. They talk about all of their background and everything that they've done. I mean, it's just like some of these websites, um, I got to tell you, especially in the coaching business, you copreneurs out there, coaching and and uh, in, instructors in various disciplines, uh, they tend to make their homepage all about them and their experience and what they did and the awesome cool things that they they were on the SWAT team and you know they are M sixteen armorer and you know all all this stuff right and and that may not matter that may not matter you're making it about you it needs to be about your customer so you need to identify properly. It, what what is your customer's problem what is the problem that they are facing how is it making them feel and you need to speak to those things you need to speak to to those particular items as well as demonstrating some empathy and authority and and that you have the knowledge this the ability and the skill to help them overcome those problems but even when you're talking about yourself it's got to be delivered In a way that makes it about your customer. Okay. So a good filter to look through here is anytime you're talking about yourself, your business or your products or services, you should always be demonstrating empathy or authority. If it's not demonstrating empathy or authority, then it's just fluff and it needs to go. It needs to go away. All right. The last item here on my list, number one is you are lacking a lead generator also known as a sales funnel on your website. You have no lead generator, okay? This is not only the single most common thing that I see when I do website audits where a a website does not have any single form of a lead generator, but it's also, I believe, one of the most detrimental things for your website. Because the purpose of your website is to generate leads. The purpose of your website is to capture site visitors, nurture them into a relationship to become a customer and ultimately make sales. That is the purpose of your website. Your website shouldn't just feel like a business card, a digital business card. If, if that's what your website feels like to you and you think, I, you know, man, I just, all, all this is is a, it's a digital business card for me, then your website needs some help. Your website should feel like it is your it, it is the best salesperson you ever hired that is just working while you sleep and generating leads for you. A lead generator doesn't have to be complicated. A lead generator is most often a PDF-based document that you give away for free. You put it on your website and you say, Uh, would you download our free guide to this right now? Of course it has to speak to, like I said, in number two, it has to speak to what your customer's problems are. And this guide, this download, this PDF needs to be offering something to your potential customer that is going to help them actually solve a problem they already have for free. You're going to give it away in exchange for an email address and, or phone number. Okay. Email addresses and phone numbers are gold. That is what you need in order to continue to nurture a relationship. Without that, all you're doing is hoping and praying that people are going to actually come to your website and eventually decide to do business with you. Did you guys know that only 6% on average of the people that come to your website are actually ready to buy from you? That means there's 94% of the people that come to your website that still feel like they need more information. They need to know that you understand them, that you understand their problem and that you have the ability to solve that problem for them. A lead generator helps you speak to those things. It helps you give away free information. And that's different than just putting the free information on your website because people actually connect a dollar value with their email address and their phone number. And so in a sense, they feel like they're paying you for something. And when they pay you for something, they expect something of significant value out of it, which is different than just going to your website and looking at the stuff that's already there for free for the public to see. It feels exclusive. It feels important. It has value. And so you need to speak to that 94% of your audience. So going back to our dating analogy I used earlier, If your direct call to action is like saying, will you marry me? Your lead generator is your transitional call to action. And your transitional call to action is like saying, will you go out on a date? Okay. So if you don't have a lead generator, then all you're doing is saying, will you marry me on your website? And 94% of the people aren't ready yet. You need to have an option to say, Will you go on a date? You need to nurture that relationship. So create a lead generator. And it doesn't have to be a PDF. There's, there's effective lead generators out there of all sites, sorts and, and types. You can have uh, an interactive quiz. You can have uh, a free online mini course. You can, you know, if you're a writer and you have a book, you can give away a free chapter to your book. There There's all sorts of different options, guys, of what you can do for lead generators. And you can, you can even make it as simple as a coupon or a discount. Now, I don't recommend those as much as I do an actual PDF guide because the guide itself demonstrates further empathy and authority. It's nurturing the relationship just when people look at that guide. Um, a, a coupon doesn't really do that because, again, the coupon is assuming that they're ready to buy from you. And if they're not, then then you know we're failing to nurture them there. Either way, your lead generator should be connected to an email sequence, a five email nurture sequence that continues to nurture that relationship for just five emails. I'm not saying you continue to send people an email every day for perpetuity, right? But you send five emails that continue to nurture the relationship and you need to give away value in those five emails as well. However, this is of paramount of paramount importance to follow up because you wouldn't just go on one date and say, "Will you marry me?" Right? You need to have several dates. So, if your first date is the lead generator itself, well, your email nurture campaign is emails two, three, four, five, and six. Okay, so you need to continue to do that, and it doesn't have to be email. I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, you can collect a phone number. I have found great success lately with text. Nurture campaigns. Uh, in fact, the open rate on text is is far better than than email. All right, guys, that is my 10 things on your website that are killing your conversions. I hope you got something out of, of value out of this episode. If you would like a a website audit of your own, please go to my website. So, my agency, my web design agency website is storywebcreative.com. Again, that is story Web creative.com. And if you go to storywebcreative.com forward slash audit, you can sign up for a free website audit and I'll create like a 10 minute video for you where I will uh, go over different aspects of your website and things that I think are really good and other things that I think could be improved. So please go ahead and just head over to storywebcreative.com. You can either click on the button on the homepage there that says get a free website audit, or you can just go directly to storywebcreative.com forward slash audit, and you can get a free website audit. And of course, guys, my fellow copreneurs, don't forget to head over to Leo to ceo.com check out the private community there of copper newers we would love to have you inside we are we are training and doing many workshops on these sort of things all the time and you too can take a deeper dive into some of these topics that we covered here on the show today all right catch you next time Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at psi.chat forward slash review. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other public safety innovators like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to psi.chat, click on episodes and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.